Welcome to the Radio Bible Course and our final session on the book of Galatians, a wonderful epistle because it's about the freedom of the Christian. It guards us against bondage. It exhorts us to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. What was robbing the Galatians of their freedom? Teaching on legalism. There were Jewish teachers who were insisting that they needed to be circumcised after believing in Christ, and they needed to keep the laws of Moses. Well, that took them into bondage. And that very subject comes up here in the last paragraph before the closing remarks in this last chapter of the book of Galatians. We're in chapter 6, and I want to read beginning with verse 11 again as we close this epistle. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would compel you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who receive circumcision do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh." But far be it from me to glory, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision. But a new creation, that's what counts, is what Paul is saying. In verse 16, Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. Well, Paul, in verse 14, talked about three crucifixions, the cross of Christ, which is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and then he talks about the world, which was crucified to him, and then I to the world. So we have these three crucifixions here. Paul considered himself dead to the world, no longer a part of it. He didn't want the world's approval. He didn't care anything about the world, but he did care about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to the men of the world. But while he's talking about crucifixion in verse 14, he doesn't treat himself as dead, because in verse 15, he brings up new life. For he writes, for neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, and I like to insert here, but what does count, Paul? A new creation. Now, what does he mean by that? A new creation is the new life that a person receives when he believes in Jesus Christ. Paul expressed it to the Corinthians this way, If any man be in Christ which means to be united to him by faith, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. The new creation comes about as a result of regeneration. That is taught in Titus chapter 3. We get new life, which is regeneration, from the Spirit of God when we believe the Word of God. And that, essentially, is what it means to be born again. Just as we all were born once of water, or out of water, and we got our physical bodies and physical life, 
So Jesus said everyone needed to be born another way, from above, by the Spirit. Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, so we must have a new life if we are going to inherit that kingdom. And God gives that life to everyone who dares to believe in his Son and trust nothing else. So Paul writes, circumcision doesn't really count. But even those who didn't believe in circumcision can't brag because they were not circumcised, because Paul said it doesn't matter whether you have it or don't have it. What really counts is having the new creation. That means we ought not to be talking about these legalistic requirements of the Old Testament and trying to impose them on people. It doesn't matter whether a man knows the Ten Commandments or not. The apostles didn't teach early Christians the Ten Commandments. They taught them the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in verse 16, Paul writes, Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. Now, to which rule is he referring? The new creation rule, following the crucifixion. That's the rule. Now, the word for rule here is canon. And what is canon? It means the standard or the rule. And the rule is this, that there is God's grace that comes to the sinner through the cross. That's how we become new creatures. There is no new creation as a result of merit by the law. You won't find that in the New Testament. And then Paul adds in verse 16, he talks about peace. Peace and mercy be upon all who walk by this rule, upon the Israel of God. The Greek reads, and upon the Israel of God, not just Israel, referring to the chosen people of the Old Testament, but instead to the true Israel. Now, what do we mean by the true Israel? True believers. Even Paul understood that many of the Jews were not really God's people. And he wrote in Romans chapter 9, verse 6, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. And I suppose Jews who read that said, Oh, that's news to us. Yes, all Israel is not Israel, and all Christians are not Christians, only those who believe. You see, it's easy to identify with a group. It's easy to identify with Christians by joining a church or being baptized but not believing, in which case all Christians are not Christians. Now, Paul taught in Romans chapter 2 who the real Jew was, and I'm reading from verse 28. For he is not a real Jew who is one outwardly, and that's referring to circumcision and the rituals that they observed, nor is true circumcision something external and physical. He is a Jew who is one inwardly, and real circumcision is a matter of the heart, spiritual and not literal. His praise is not from men, but from God. 
Well, I think Paul is implying something here, that those who had the outward signs, the physical signs, they got praise from men. But here he says, the one who is circumcised in his heart, who is a Jew spiritually, his praise is from God. Now that's important to remember because there are people today who go through the motions. They ask to be baptized. They join the church. They walk forward in meetings. That's outward. That doesn't count. God looks at the heart. And no matter what the ritual is on the outside, there has to be a ritual in the heart. Do we have a new heart given by God? That's what counts. Do we possess the Spirit? The Spirit is given to assure us that we have eternal life. And if a person doesn't know for sure that he has eternal life, then he probably is not a real Christian. Now, what does Paul mean by the Israel of God? This is the only such expression in the New Testament, and Paul is referring here to people who believe God. He is distinguishing the spiritual heirs from the physical descendants of Abraham. There were Jews all over. Paul was preaching to them constantly. They were physical descendants of Abraham. When Paul went into the synagogues and preached the gospel on that first missionary journey, they were his brethren, physical brethren. They listened, and some believed, and then they became spiritual heirs. Then they became true Jews, or the true people of God. Now we should call the others the Israel of Moses rather than the Israel of God. And what did Jesus call these physical descendants of Abraham? He wasn't too kind he said, you are the children of your father, the devil, because they had not believed the word. They were like the people of Israel in the Old Testament, who, the Bible says, all died in the wilderness. And for what reason? Because of unbelief. Now, moving on to verse 17, Paul writes, henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. He's saying, let no man trouble me anymore. This is directed toward the Jewish teachers who were troubling him. They had been for years. And Paul tells them that he bore the marks of suffering for the cross. They didn't have any marks. They weren't suffering for Jesus Christ. Why not? Because they preached circumcision. Did Paul suffer for Christ? He did. He was threatened. He had to flee from city after city. He had to hide from the Jews. And he knew that someday he would be killed as a result of the Jewish opposition. Paul said, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. And the word marks is the Greek word stigmata, from which we get stigma. This refers to the brands of Jesus. It's like a mark. It's the stigma. And did Paul ever have marks on his body? He did. According to Acts chapter 14, verse 19, he preached in the synagogue in Lystra, 
and the people gathered around him and stoned him and left him for dead. Paul had marks on his body, and as he wrote to the Corinthians, he said, Five times I have received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, lest one. Three times I have been beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Yes, Paul had the marks on his body, but those false teachers did not. And now we come to the end, the final passage of Galatians chapter 6. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brethren. Amen. Paul begins all of his epistles with the subject of grace, and he ends all of them with grace. Paul was a preacher of grace. He never closes an epistle, nor does he begin an epistle by saying, The law of Moses be with your spirit. It's always the grace. What is the grace? It's that which brings glory to God. It's that which announces that God has done everything for us, and we have done nothing to contribute to our salvation. It's a reminder that those who have received life through grace should continue to live by grace. That's what Paul told those early Christians. When the people followed him out of the synagogue in Antioch, he said, Continue in the grace of God. And that's the message of the Radio Bible Course, the grace of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ by which we are saved. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to write for our free grace booklet. Don't send money for it. It's free. It'll teach you about the grace of God. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.